This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And uh, I understand that we have uh, one of our generals on? Yeah, we do. We have one of the best generals out there for sure. We got General Jack Keane, former vice chief of staff of the U.S. Army and, of course, retired Army four-star general. Uh, Jack Keane, love having you on, my friend. This is Rita Cosby. Yeah, Rita. I know your voice very well. We're good friends. Good to hear you. Glad you're uh Next to John right there. That's wonderful. I know. I'm lucky. I am very lucky. He's the general, and, and I'll be, he'll be the four-star. I'll be the three-star. How's that? That sounds good. You know, we've got to ask you, John brought up the question, are we on the verge of war? You see these headlines, and you see what's happening with China and Russia. This is scary stuff. What is your take, General? Well, when it comes to Ukraine, we, we have no intentions of putting any boots on the ground. We're pretty much executing what Ronald Reagan told us to do, and that is... Listen, when you have a common enemy with a friend, let's help that friend as much as possible, but don't put boots on the ground. And that's what we're doing in Ukraine. If China comes to the assistance of Russia and starts to provide them military assistance, uh, that will be significant. I don't believe the consequences are, are war with China and Russia, but it would likely push us much closer to a Cold War to have China actively involved in assisting uh, Russia, as as Iran already is. Those three countries are serious adversaries to the United States. And that's what makes our security challenges so much more comprehensive and more complicated than when we were just dealing with the Soviet Union. And by the way, two of those countries have nuclear weapons like the Soviet Union had, and Iran is in pursuit of one. General, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. Welcome to Cats at Night again. There are mixed reports about whether or not the Chinese have already been supplying weaponry to to Russia. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I do. Uh, First of all, they attempted last year to provide some military assistance, and the administration went after them privately. Uh, This time, the administration has, has declared its opposition to it publicly. But what they are actually providing is things that relate uh, to uh, military assistance. And what I'm saying is they've been providing commercial drones to them with a third party, not armed drones. These quadcopter drones, you've seen them, the the police force uses them, uh, commercial entities use them. Uh, You know, they're about two feet by two feet uh, square. Uh, but, you know, obviously a tactical organization uh, would use that at low levels to see, you know, where the enemy is. They've been providing ballistic shields, personal protection. Uh, also, uh, Russia, by the way, is 70 percent down in microchips and particularly advanced chips because of the sanctions, which is dramatic. And they're having difficulties manufacturing this weapon system because everything has chips in it. China is giving them 
some chips to assist them, but they don't have the advanced chips. Their t- chips are considerably lower technology, mm-hmm. and they've got about a 20 or 40% uh, error factor. And, and they've been doing, giving them some minerals and chemicals that assist in weapons uh, development. Not direct weapons assistance, but providing some assistance. Our government is very much aware of everything I'm saying, and they're drawing the line here in the event that China is going to provide uh, actual direct military assistance. Is General, that increase- King, General King, this is, uh, this is Pete King. I have one basic question. What should the U.S. be doing differently to firm up uh, you know, the position against Ukraine? Well, first of all, we've got to give them the weapons they need when they need them. The reason the Ukrainians have had huge capability and demonstrated it to retake territory. We've seen them retake the territory. They culminated in doing that. They weren't able to exploit it because they didn't have tanks, armored vehicles. They needed more artillery. They needed long-range weapon systems. They've asked for all of that. This administration has spent months with every weapon system they've asked. It takes months for them. First they say no, then it takes months for them to say yes. And, and then it gets delivered. Everything comes in late. The Ukrainians really do, Congressman, and, and it's good to hear your voice again. I miss, miss being in contact with you. Uh, we've had a lot of it uh, in previous years. Uh, Ukrainians, so our audience really understands, if we give them what they need, they do have the, uh, the capability to retake the territory that the Russians are sitting on, to include Crimea. I chair a think tank that looks at this every single day, the Institute for the Study of War, and their analysis and forecasting has been accurate for well over a year now. And that realization is there, but the administration slow rolls this, it piecemeals it, and it actually extends the war and protracts the war, and that falls into Putin's hands because he's got more people than the Ukrainians have by, by a factor of three. Yeah, and uh, General Akeen, there's a story the other day of where is the Jack Keen in the Biden administration? Is there anybody? Where's the leadership? Oh, uh, yeah, you're referring to uh, the article uh, that yeah, where, where I assisted in changing the military strategy during the war in Iraq. Colonel, uh, I remember that well when you met with President Bush. That turned the whole uh, reflection of that war. That was great on your yeah. part. Well, I mean, he had the courage to stand up. Uh, not only to the Democrats that were opposing the war, but the Republicans who really wanted out of it, but the military leaders who were prosecuting it, to include the generals in the Pentagon, they just wanted the status quo, which would have meant failure. Bush had this interesting theory. If you start a war, you should try to win it. And he never gave up on that thought. And so finally, we put a strategy in his hand that gave him the opportunity to win it. This administration takes a knee every time they think about providing an advanced weapon system to Ukraine out of fear that Russia will escalate and use nuclear weapons. So they've done this about nine times, and Russia hasn't escalated one bit. And it makes no sense to to think, while Russia waves the, the use of a nuclear weapon in front of us, trying to spook us, it makes no sense that Russia would do that. It would be irrational because that brings the United States and NATO into the war. They can't handle Ukraine, much less uh, NATO. And the Russian generals 
their troops on the ground have no ability whatsoever to protect themselves from radiation. They've never trained on it. The Soviet Union could. So it doesn't make sense. But this administration still carries that fear around with them that Russia will use it. And that is what has been delaying all of these weapon systems for so long and handcuffing the Ukrainians and stopping them from doing what they could do, which is retake their territory. John, it's uh, Judge Weinberg again. I want to ask you, you alluded to the uh, the computer chips that there was a, a shortage that the Russians had. Does this put Taiwan more at risk from a threat from China? Well, Taiwan produces 90% of the advanced semiconductors in the world. I mean, you talk about a country that has a corner on the market, uh, it's them. And, and certainly when when uh, China looks at Taiwan and and they want that to be a part of mainland China and certainly taking over a high-tech uh, base, which uh, Taiwan is not just with computer chips, which they dominate, but with other things as well. That They see that as a huge advantage economically, but also militarily, because Taiwan would become a military base and they would immediately begin to encroach on Japan and other allies in that first island chain, like the Philippines, et cetera. Yes. I mean, they, they certainly are very much aware of the computer chip issue in Taiwan. Uh, General, this is Rudy Washington. Um, why hasn't uh, this administration moved uh, Taiwan semiconductor uh, production into the United States? I mean, because if that falls into the hands of China, um, and, and they've been rattling sabers swords now for two years. Why haven't we moved on that? Why haven't we moved on antibiotics and all of the things that well, are made in China? Well, look, the good news is we have. The Trump administration made cut a deal with Taiwan opening a advanced semiconductor computer chip factory in Arizona. And the Biden administration has supported that. But the deal was struck. Oh, in the Trump administration. So that is going to happen. And, and that's, that's a hedge against protecting the United States. Because if, if we lose Taiwan and, it, and you know, Biden doesn't respond to uh, aggressive conflict operations and he, he's willing to let it go, uh, that would provide us some capability. But, you know, the world would be devastated if China takes complete control of the computer advanced chip Definitely. Uh, technology. Definitely. Yeah. Now, the, the other thing uh, I've learned, uh, General, this is John Katzmikides, uh, is that there's two parties in um, uh, in Taiwan, and one of the uh, parties wants to annex themselves with China. That's what I heard. That, yeah, there are two parties, um, and I'm very familiar with it because I provided advice to the president of Taiwan, who's in power now, and she's right. finishing her eight-year term on, in January of next year. And that's called the Democratic Progressive Party. But the, the words belie what they really are. They're the conservative party right. in, in Taiwan. And the KMT is the more liberal party who has always wanted a more conciliatory, rapprochement relationship with mainland China. If they don't want to merge with not, China, they, though. Yeah. The KMT yes. doesn't want to merge with but China. They, 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 yeah. But they, they will not be 
real they will not get elected right. in January of 24. Likely President Tsai's vice president, uh, his name is Lai, will likely uh, be elected. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine them not being because, you know, after Hong Kong went by right. way of China, you know, forfeiting the treaty after 25 years was supposed to last 50 years. That really raised the antenna in in uh, in Taiwan. And that that helped. Uh, President Tsai, in her re-election, she won overwhelmingly. Wow, really interesting. Yeah. Well, General Keene, we're coming up. We have to take a a hard break. Thank you very much for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. And we will talk to you again real soon. We love you, General. All right. Take care. So long, General. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's go to, now we've got Rudy Giuliani, who is in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, Rudy, uh, big day. Thank you for joining us. This is Rita with John Katsimatidis and the gang. Uh, fill us in on the day with How Trump there. We're all fine, well, he Rudy. Was quite, he was quite a, uh, a big boost to morale. You know, it reminded me of the main reason why a president, a governor, or a mayor does this. I remember why I did it. It, it isn't so much a practical thing as it is a morale thing. You know, when something like this happens, these people are in a state of shock. Uh, they never had anything like this happen. It was a massive explosion from their point of view. Given the size of this community, it would be you know similar to September, uh, September 11. It's a much smaller community. It's only 5,000 people. They all were affected by it. Some of them got sick immediately. They had 3,500 fish dead, dogs dead. Uh, Things seem to be calming down somewhat, but they now have this fear of long-term illness, and they don't get straight answers. And they—I've never seen the government act like this, uh, John, Rita, and uh, all of you. I've never seen. I, I when I was president, John, you'll remember Bill Clinton. When I was mayor, Bill Clinton was the president. Republican, Democrat, seven years. I must have asked for FEMA about six times. Big things, little things. He never refused me. Bill Clinton is a good president. Well, twice, twice he gave me FEMA before I asked. So did Bush, even before 9-11. I never had to ask. So, Rudy, why the delay this time? Clearly, I mean, Uh, it's Is FEMA there now? Is FEMA there? FEMA is either no, – they claim to be here. No one that I have spoken to has seen them. They were only authorized yesterday when it turned out Trump was coming. The mayor, who we're going to meet with tomorrow at 9 o'clock, did say he was turned down twice, and the governor was turned down. So, I, I, but, I Rudy, is it politics, why. or is it just their, yeah. uh, the naivete? What is it? Ineptitude? got to be politics it's got to be this is a major this is this is what he keeps attacking Biden. right this is MAGA country 72 percent trump in the in the town itself surrounding area is a little bit more mixed 
but it's still heavy Trump. Uh, and it's um, Catholics who like the Latin mass, deplorables, people who like guns. And I got to tell you, it's people who probably didn't like <clears throat> Biden before. This. I can't describe. Now, now we're going through a part of town where they put up a lot of flags. It must have been for the president today. The town was quite crowded today because he was here, and it lifted their morale, which is, I mean, you could see them smiles, <laughs> a feeling that they're going to get through it. Uh, I think they really appreciated the fact it did have a practical effect. It got them FEMA. I mean, and uh, Buttigieg says he's coming one of these days. Yeah, and then he said he was coming tomorrow. It came out a couple hours ago, Rudy. But his lackluster and reactions, like, I'll come one of these days, like, whenever it's the right time. How about just like you said, the right time is within minutes of the disaster. Mayor, Mayor this is Rudy. Um, <clears throat> you, you threw me a curveball when you said when, uh, the flags went up because the president was coming. And I had to think for a second. I said, wait a minute. The president is in Ukraine. <laughs> You know, but you oh, were talking. Oh, isn't that strange? Didn't I say that? <laughs> really good catch. I do that a lot, though. I do that a lot. I mean, they, so we're going through the main part of the town, which looks a little like the stores are still closed, like they haven't opened yet. <clears throat> During the daytime, more of them were open, but like the restaurants that would be open at night, they seem to be closed. There's a lot of press still camera crews uh the china cafe right here is closed down i would imagine that's usually open there's another yep east palestine ohio it looks like the 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 places you would come to to eat at night or go to the bar bars they seem to all be closed down right now. You know, um, the one thing I was struck by, um, Rudy, was the mayor of the town came out and he said, I'm abandoned. We, we are abandoned. And he brought up sort of what Rudy was just talking about with you, Rudy, uh, this sort of juxtaposition of our president um, over there. And I contend you got to protect Ukraine, but over there defending Ukraine's borders. And what about America here? He, he could have gone to Ohio before he went to Ukraine. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a terrible mistake to to uh, not come here before he went to Ukraine and then to take a train to Ukraine. Uh, Actually, he's hurting his effort to get support for Ukraine. He's sort of putting Ukraine off against the United States. Yeah, you're right. It's backfiring. It's interesting. It's not helping. Rudy, uh, who is going to pay? You want to hear this? This is one of the drains. Who's going to pay for all these damages? Is the federal government going to pay, or who's going to pay? Is the does the real car insurance company have insurance? I mean, it's an illegal one hundred and fifty-one car train. Yeah, I mean they're going to be sued like crazy. But right now they're drilling. Right now they are draining a, uh, I would say a, um, a body of water. It looks like a sort of a spring, and they're draining it out and they're testing it. Well, I don't know if you heard this, Rudy. Um, John and I and all of us were talking before the show. 30 million U.S. citizens could be without clean drinking water as a result of this. I, I mean, they are so freaked out about drinking the water. I would be scared to drink the water there. Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I did the show about 20 miles away where you would think there'd be no impact. And they told there's no impact. But nobody in that uh, hotel 
is drinking drinking water. They've got they've got loads of bottles of water. I've never heard of some of this water. Hey, hey Rudy, this is Pete King. In all the years you were mayor, did you know of yourself or any other mayor in New York who was shut out like this by the federal government when there was an emergency? No. I never heard of it. With Bill Clinton, you never even thought with Republican and Democrat. George Bush, there was never a question. This is really unheard of. I Bill think. Clinton would have been there right away. You'd have yeah. to pull him away because he loved seeing the people, you know? You know, Trump Trump was uh, very, very good with Democratic. Uh, uh, yeah. And there were a lot of, most of the cities would get in trouble with Democrats. And I never got any complaints uh, from mayors about uh, Trump was there right away. He knew what his job was. Absolutely. Yeah, Rudy, uh, thank you very, thank very you, much. Thank you, Rudy, and uh, thank you for the uh, update. And uh, we'll talk to you later on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Maybe you'll get your call, Rita, on her show at 10 o'clock. I would love that. Absolutely. Rudy, thank you. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. We've got Derek Malton, retired DEA special agent in charge. Um, also, he spent decades uh, binging basically the highest echelon of drug traffickers to justice. Nobody knows about fentanyl in the border better than former special agent Derek Maltz. Uh, Derek, you know, we're sitting here talking. This is Rita Cosby, and, and we're glad to have you here. As John was just talking, and Congressman Peter King, all these things, you look at energy, you look at food, you look at utilities. Um, it seems like, I'm going to throw it out there, Is are there acts of sabotage? Could it be maybe who's coming across the border? We've got an open border. Um, are we so vulnerable, and, and could these things be happening because of who's coming into our country that we don't know of? Yes, yes, and yes. Thank you for having me again. I mean, yes, there's a lot of vulnerabilities, and criminals take advantage of vulnerabilities. So when you have a wide-open border, you just have to pay the cartels a little bit extra money, and you become a gotaway, and then you get into America, and you carry out your act of hatred to America. We know that there's people from China. We know that there's people coming in from over 160 countries. And unfortunately, we don't know who like over a million of them actually are. So the, the dumb ones, they come up and they, they declare themselves to the Border Patrol. They get fingerprinted. They get, you know, asked a lot of questions. But the ones that want to come into this country to do something bad, they're just running across the border because the cartels are escorting. Wow, that is stunning. By the way, there was a new um, report that also came out just recently that one every three hours – Somebody overdoses from fentanyl in New York State. That is stunning. New York City. New York City. That's stunning. Yeah. Isn't that and, stunning? And Derek, uh, this is Rudy Washington. You know, I often think that the Chinese provide the cartel the fentanyl for free because, in a, in a way, it's a war against us. It's, it's knocking off our young people that would be in the military, uh, in universities, and everywhere else. And I don't think there's much money in it for the Chinese. They're doing it just to get us. And that, that railroad of people now coming in is already established between the Chinese and the cartels. Right, Rudy. So 100%, this is part of the unrestricted warfare of the Chinese. They're going to destabilize America by using the cartels as their proxies to provide the poison to not only our kids and the future generation, but now, as you see, even our military we're seeing increased deaths from fentanyl and opioids in the military. So you're 100% correct. But what they are doing now that America is asleep because no one's telling them is that they're providing the key money laundering services for the cartels. They're picking up millions of dollars, Chinese nationals in America. 
The deals are being caught in Mexico City. The Chinese money brokers are having the monies picked up in America, and they're laundering the money through the Chinese banking apps, and they're encrypted apps like WeChat, Pay, and others. So, Rudy, you're 100% correct. They're sitting back, and as Congressman McCall recently said at a meeting I was at, that a great foreign policy for China is to sell fentanyl to America, period. Yeah, I don't, so think, they, I don't think they're selling it, Derek. I think they're just giving it to them. Well, when I say selling it, they were selling it early on when they first started the bombing campaign. They were selling it on websites all over the Internet, and they were poisoning kids. This is going back 10 years ago now, Rudy. I was at the Special Operations Division when we started seeing the deaths in America. It was fentanyl being sold to Americans directly from China. Really? Really scary. You know, one of the things I want to ask you, too, did you hear about this, Derek? I'm sure you did, obviously. The uh, head of security, basically the attorney general of Mexico, convicted of being on the take with the Sinaloa cartel. I mean, how corrupt is Mexico? I mean, that's stunning. So, so Rita, I met him several times in Washington. He was a big shot. He was the top cop, the FBI equivalent in Mexico. He was a triple agent working for U.S. law enforcement, working for the cartels, and working for Mexico. So he got over for years. It was a big investment by the Sinaloa cartel, and he did a lot of good work for them all these years, you know, helping them get their drugs into America. He's taking millions of dollars. But guess what? It is actually a rule of law success, and I give all the credit to the DEA, the law enforcement partners, and especially the prosecutors in New York City, in the Eastern District of New York, in Brooklyn, because they had the courage to go after this corruption. Because you know what, Rita? In all my life of drug law enforcement, the number one obstacle we've always had is the corrupt government officials and the politicians that protect these criminal organizations. So thank God we had some people in America, in New York City, that got the victory yesterday. So unfortunately, the cartels right now, as we're on this call, they're relying on other corrupt government officials in Mexico. We got President AMLO's soft on crime policies, hugs for thugs, no bullets policies, which is actually really sad because the impact to our country is like we've never seen in, the, in America's history. Wow, uh, really powerful stuff. Well, Derek Maltz, we love having you on. Uh, nobody knows the border better and what's happening, sadly, uh, with who's coming through and what's coming through. Uh, thank you, Derek. We really appreciate it. Have a great night. Thank you very much. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And, John, now we have John McLaughlin, who is joining us to talk Let's more about... Let's find out uh, how the people feel about things. I mean, yeah. uh, the American people have to say, what the heck is going on? Absolutely. Uh, John, are you with us? Uh, the great uh, Trump pollster yeah. and, of course, head of McLaughlin and Associates. Uh, what is going on, as John was asking? My goodness, how do people feel about the future of the country? And also, uh, who's the future leader, you think? Well, well, I think they agree with John. And, and, and today, President Trump's visit to East Palatine... Uh, certainly was a metaphor for what's going on. Here's the people in Ohio. I mean, the president's flying over to Ukraine. Granted, it's a bad war, but he's perceived as so weak that he can't stop it. But then he's going to give them $500 million. And the people in East Palatine are waiting for weeks for just, you know, FEMA to take action and for the secretary of transportation to show up and for President Biden 
you know, our country feels like they're ignoring us. So we have a national poll that we'll post tomorrow, and 65% of all voters say the country's on the wrong track. Hey, John, this Biden, is Pete King. Do you have any idea why the Biden administration would be so slow? I'm not trying to throw you off. So how dumb. <clears throat> yeah. Well, first of all, Pete, they probably talked to you before they talked to me. Because <laughs> my poll has Biden losing to Trump 48-44. And, uh, you know, and, and even in a two-way race against DeSantis, among likely voters in the primary, he's up 56-38. So whatever they're doing, they're making my, my, my candidate look good. But it's sad because the country, it's not going well. I don't know why they would ignore it. Because it's Ohio, and they've been getting beat in Ohio. And, you know, J.D. Vance got elected. President Trump won Ohio twice. And you would think they would want to do something when Sherrod Brown's up for reelection in Ohio this year. And, you know, it's right next to on the border of Pennsylvania. I mean, it's the heart of America. This is the heartland of America. And, you know, it's just a metaphor for that the yeah. working men and women of the country are hurting and they're not taking care of them. How much do you think it's going to have uh, a backlash on uh, Biden and Buttigieg, too, by the way, because he was like a rising star? Well, Buttigieg, I think, is, by the way, in the poll that we're going to post, in a, in, uh, in a primary, he's in single digits. I mean, if, if Biden, you know. You mean Biden's he's not, not negative? In. No, no, not yet. Well, the poll was taken from the 18th through the 22nd. So I'm sure he's negative in parts of Ohio and, and it's spreading. But the other part is look at Buttigieg. The guy couldn't handle the supply chain. He, you know, you've had air traffic control problems inexplicably. The whole system, like, shut down. And now you get this tragedy where toxins are spilling out and he's nowhere to be found. And they're trying to blame it on other people other than themselves. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's really bad because middle America, your point about it is the majority of Americans think we're, you know, think we're in a recession. They think the economy is getting worse, 61 to 33. And then you have something this that affects i mean you can't if you live in this part of ohio you know what it's going to be like trying to sell your home wow. i mean it's it's not going to happen mm-hmm. and uh you know this is like a it's it's a 21st century love canal so <laughs> uh so things aren't right and that's why you know i mean you know people the establishment didn't like it when trump won back in 2016 now they're trying to stop him again but it's events like this that propel him because the Middle class, the working yeah. middle class backs him up, and that's how he gets his votes. Absolutely. Hey, John, Rosemary says hello. Before we say goodbye, Rosemary okay. says hello. Just text Definitely. <laughs> and, I think, and, by the way, Congressman, I think, I think you know, you, you might, you know, this is the kind of election you could win again. <laughs> He's Congressman got our vote. King, one more time. <laughs> yeah, one more time. I think, uh, John McLaughlin, great to have you here, too. Thank you but, so much. By the way, Senator King sounds really good. Yeah, it does. What about President King? Come on. All right. Oh, he is, he is Trump. <laughs> Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call two. 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. You're commuting home with 
Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us right now is Steve Moore, one of the leading economists in our country. Steve, give us a two-minute update of what the, what the heck is going on uh, with the economy. I mean, interest rates going up, going down. What's, what's your thoughts? Well, don't jump off, don't jump off the ledge. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. But you know, we're facing. You know, yesterday was. I'm only on the second off. floor, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shortfall. <laughs> uh, but look, I think that the, it's a precarious economy. We got to get this debt under control. It looks like the Fed is going to raise rates a, a, a another two times. That will be nine rate increases. It'll mean that you you've gone from you know uh, about a four percentage point increase. In interest rates. So is it any surprise with that huge an increase in rates? Steve, they're destroying the real estate industry. The, the, the new home sales are down to Zippo. I mean, <laughs> new construction ten, is down. Ten, ten, yeah, 10 straight months today. So how do you, how do you fix a problem by destroying a whole industry? 20% of our, uh, of our uh, country is real estate industry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the real estate industry really is one of the drivers of the economy. Well, you got to bring rates down. How do you bring rates down? Stop the spending spree, right, Rita? Stop the spending spree in Washington. Forget about spending. Open up the spigots. Where is that? Do that, too. Yes. Open the spigots. Require people to work for welfare. Produce American oil and gas. And stop the trillion and a half dollars of borrowing every year. Is that so tough? No, that's not tough. Steve Moore, I'm looking forward to seeing you real soon. Um, I listen to you every uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock on Saturdays. More money. Thank you. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And now we have Michael Goodwin, of course, uh, the great Pulitzer Prize winner, amazing New York Post columnist. And Michael. Uh, you know, you talked about, you did a big column about Albany, but I first want to get to your thoughts about Trump, Ohio, Biden in Ukraine. Your thoughts, Michael? Well, it does paint a contrast, doesn't it? Um, I mean, I think it shows the the difference in the focus. And it, I have to say that the Trump people were very smart to, uh, to seize that opening, knowing that uh, nobody from the administration had gone to Ohio, that it seemed to be a sort of tailor-made tragedy for for Trump to come in and talk about the forgotten people. I mean, these are people who are forgotten. That, that's not a that's not a fable. This is a this is a true story. And for him to go there, I think uh, was was a very sharp move. So it's look, if this were the heart of the campaign, if we were a year from now, uh, that would be a a big, big deal, a big mistake, a big opening left by the Democrats. But I think uh, coming coming so so early, it won't have a lasting impact. But it was a very deft move on his part. Yeah, see, I think it is going to have a bad image. You just think of those four people uh, saying, where is everybody? And and the fact he's over, you know, President Biden's thousands of miles away. Buttigieg is finally going tomorrow. I think it actually it look it just sort of epitomizes the disconnect, Michael. Yes, absolutely. I I think though that the the limit on on the impact is simply that the people who already are for Trump love this, and the people who are for Biden don't really care. Uh, they're with Biden. They don't care about those people. Um, and I think that there is an enormous. How sad how, is that, by the way? Yeah. What a sad testament, Michael Goodwin, you know? 
Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, I, we were talking about Albany. Uh, look at the look at the legislature up there that doesn't care about the people in New York City. So I think there are different pockets of forgotten people everywhere by our government. And I think that this is this is a great moment to sort of see the difference, as you say, Rita, between between Trump and between Biden. But I think it's it's part of a larger story, and that's what the campaign will be about. Not so much this specific incident, but sort of which America are you? do you live in and which America are you for and who will you vote for because you live in that America? Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. That column you had was very telling about the suppression of a countervailing point of view that there really is a public safety crisis and it was suppressing the testimony of the district attorney of Albany County. And your column hit on that profoundly. Would you explain, please? Sure. Uh, David Soares, the longtime DA of Albany County, and in my opinion, not, not necessarily someone you would recommend as a top gangbuster. But he has studied uh, these bail laws, the the, raise the age law, and has compiled all these statistics about the impact in various parts of the state, including parts of the city, for some of these things. And he came as a DA, as a black DA, to come and tell the the, the uh, Senate, state Senate hearing on criminal justice that these laws were a fatal mistake, that the changes they had made, that they really should undo the damage, and that the real victims were the were the people who they said they were trying to help, which is essentially. Uh, black and Latino New Yorkers, that they were the ones who were suffering the brunt of the crime wave. He said, look at where the murders occur. Look who the victims are. Uh, and so this is what he planned to tell them. And then they, they wouldn't let him come. This. They got wind of this and they said, no, don't come. You, you're rescinded. So there was a behind the scenes squabble. Uh, his remarks were read into the record, but he didn't get to appear and tell them face-to-face, and, and they don't want to hear it. They and, don't want to hear Michael, it. Michael, this is Rudy Washington. I thought Al Sharpton gave them their marching orders and told them to change the bail bill. Well, you would think so, but maybe... maybe uh, I remember the, uh, reading the column Express on that. Has, the Pony Express hasn't gotten to Albany yet. <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, it is striking that so, there's so much evidence that crime... Uh, as Lee Zeldin showed during the campaign, that crime is the number one issue causing people to leave the city and the state. And Kathy Hochul, the governor, says we have to stop people from leaving the state. But she does nothing about the crime, nothing about the taxes, nothing about sort of the quality of life issues uh, that are driving people away. And so it's just hard to figure as I say at the end of the column, how do these people sleep at night? Yeah, really, absolutely. How scary is that, guys? And, and John, what was the number? We had uh, the uh, CFO from Florida yesterday. If how many were going to Florida? 900 a day. 900 a day, 360,000 uh, a year. And I think uh, Florida's up to 22 million. New York is down to 20 million. Wow. Michael Goodwin, thank you so much for being with us, uh, the great Pulitzer Prize winning columnist at New York Post. We love you and love your perspective, Michael. Thanks for being here on Cats and Cosby. And what do we pleasure. Thank you. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.